Okay, so, so in 2020, there was an increase in sales of something that went up over about 400% in that year. Now, you can guess what was happening in 2020, right? We all lived, lived that adventure. So what do you guess that it was that went up 400%? Okay, somebody said toilet paper. No, that went up 900%. Uh, that's what I read. Okay, so what else? What do you think it is? What, what like, uh, like hand sanitizer? That was like 300%. So 400%, the thing that went up 400% was jigsaw puzzles, all right? So, so some of you are shaking your head. You're like the Brennans. Uh, that we, we confess that we went out and purchased several jigsaw puzzles. I can't guarantee that we did them all, um, but, but we've, all had the, we've all had the experience of doing the jigsaw puzzle. You know, and back in the, the 1900s, they were quite the thing as well. Uh, I love that this was a headline in the New York Times. Uh, I think that's pretty amazing that this made it to headline status, but it said this, puzzle mania menaces the city's sanity. That was the headline on the New York Times of May 1908. It said, young and old, rich and poor, all hard at work fitting cut up pieces together. Solitaire is forgotten. I guess solitaire must have been a thing. And then they like call people out. I think this is funny. So two clergymen, a Supreme Court justice, a noted lawyer are among the latest converts to the puzzle craze. I think that's great. Okay, so, so we've all had the experience of putting together a jigsaw puzzle. And in the process, there's always that piece that doesn't quite fit. And you start thinking, maybe I should get like my chainsaw out or uh, sandpaper, or maybe I need a hammer to what you guys know. No, no, you, you got, okay, a few of you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the worst experience, the most common experience that I've had is when you get down to the last few pieces. And it's so exciting. You're about to have the overwhelming sense of accomplishment of completing the puzzle. And then you realize you've got two pieces for three spots, right? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? And, and you're looking around, you look everywhere, and then there's that moment that it dawns on you, maybe buying the 50 cent puzzle from the garage sale wasn't my finest idea, right? Uh, th this morning, I wanna talk with you about something that's very meaningful to me personally. I, I grew up, my parents used to sing the song in our house, kind of funny uh, sounding, but it was a Gaither song, and it was, I'm so glad that I'm a part of the family of God. I just want to declare that with you this morning. I love the picture that's behind me here of uh, family photos that had been put together uh, to, to put together a family. It's just kind of a cool image, isn't it? I want to celebrate with you this morning that God has a plan for you to be a part of his family. He's invited you to be a part of his family. And, and today it's going to be a challenging message that we're going to go through because I'm going to challenge you to not be the missing piece in the thing that he's building to bring himself glory and honor. I want you to recognize that you play an essential role in what God's doing. So like this, this is the wailing wall, that, that picture in, um, in, in Jerusalem. And, and some of you maybe have been here. I've been in this place and the, the wailing wall is incredible. And you look at how it was built and the history behind it. And it's, it's fascinating. And I want you to imagine for a minute all these individuals that are praying on the western side of the wailing wall. Um, can you imagine if, if half the stones were missing? You would not stand underneath it, right? Because you recognize that it's dangerous. Each of those pieces are dependent upon the other pieces in order for it to be a firm wall. And, and I want to remind you this morning, when we talk about God's family, 
That his expectation is he's going to describe you and I as being living stones. Individuals that have the privilege of being built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate that. But that his expectation is that you and I are living building blocks. A part of what God wants to do to bring himself glory and honor. And so today, the message is intended, intended to be convicting for us. As we study a passage in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to see this description of what you and I are called to be. And here's the challenge that I feel that's happening all around us, that there are some people that see their engagement, their involvement, their connection to the body of Christ as being optional. They, they think it's a, it's a nice idea. But I want you to recognize that when you are not participating, that it is noticeable. We, we suffer because of it as a, as a church family. That we miss out on the opportunity of being able to nestle together and fit together in the bits and pieces that God's called us to be. When I was on a missions trip to the Dominican Republic, we had a project that we did that illustrated this for me beautifully. And it was about 60 students. We were gonna help build a wall and um, it was for a missionary uh, garden that was being built to help grow crops to feed, feed the community. And so they needed to move blocks, big cinder blocks, about a mile away. And there was about 60 of us. And so um, we, we started. You could not even see the end, what the goal, then like the final place was. You just had one portion of the, bl the block moving that you did. And so, so I started in my section. I'm passing off. There was one guy that had to climb a ladder to pass things over. And um, so at the beginning, everybody was participating. And then at some moment, I think there was a guy who like saw a lizard and he got distracted. Somebody else saw a butterfly that was going overhead. Somebody else got hurt. Um, there, was, there was some blood. Um, and then I think somebody else got thirsty and they, they kind of gave. So, so what happened was interesting to me. The work did not stop. We kept building the wall but what happened was that there were individuals who had to walk further. They, they, they took more energy to participate in this thing. And it got built. And it's awesome. It's still standing today. The thing was finished. It was completed. But what I want you to recognize is for those of you who are like a person who's attending a sporting event on the outside, for those of you who are like that, that are watching from a distance, what you're missing out on is the privilege of being a part of what God's doing to bring himself glory and honor. For some of us, we've given ourselves excuses as to why not. We, we look at what other people have the potential of doing and we say, well, that's for them. But I think what God wants us to do, I think what we're going to see in his word today is that he desires for you and I to be an intimate part, an integral part of what he wants to do to bring himself glory and honor. Uh, we're going to see this over and over again today, that we want to not be the people who are the missing piece of what God wants to do to bring himself glory. If you have your Bibles, I'd like to invite you to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're going to pick up in verse 2. And I want you to recognize the first point this morning, and that is Christ gives you and I a firm foundation for our future. He is the cornerstone. He's the one that teaches us what it means to be a part of his family. It says this in verse 2. Like newborn infants long for pure spiritual milk. Every, every parent understands what this means. This is a desperate cry to grow and to be fed. It says, long for pure spiritual milk, 
that by it you may grow up into salvation. Uh, I, lo I love this description because it helps us to understand. He's saying, be mature and be mature by feeding yourself the right things. If indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good. And I, I want to ask that question to you this morning. If you've tasted that the Lord is good, it's going to impact your life. If you've tasted that the Lord is good, it's going to have evidence in the way that you interact with other people, the way you, we'll see this later in the text, the way you magnify the story of the Lord. Uh, Brendan Manning uh, wrote a, a many parables that were powerful. I love the way he writes, but he talks about a man in the depression, during the depression who was a beggar, uh, who had no work and he was wrestling every day for his daily bread. And he came across this Italian restaurant that at the end of the day, uh, they opened up the back door and they opened it up for, for Brennan to have a meal uh, there. And, and there was so much left over um, that, that he had to decide what is he going to do with it. And then he goes on to describe it as a person who then says, like a beggar who's found food, what does he choose to do? But he chooses to invite everybody he knows that's hungry and expresses to them the opportunity to eat this meal together. That's the heart of those of us who've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, that we're motivated to share it with other people. That's why my mom shared the gospel with me when I was a boy. She wanted me to experience the freedom that I could have through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord, have you tasted that the Lord is good? I hope you have. Have you tasted that he knows you, he loves you, he's invited you to be a part of his family? If you've tasted that the Lord is good, it says, come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. This chosen and precious cornerstone, uh, later as it's described in verse seven, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone is what it says. This is talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is talking about the work of the cross. This is talking about the fact that we get to build on his foundation. If you go to Jerusalem today, and if you're lucky enough to be there in a time period when they let you into some of the rooms that are underneath the Wailing Wall area, um, they have a stone there that they believe may be the largest stone ever used in a building project. It's, we only get to see two portions of it. One of them is 44 feet long. The other is 11 feet high. And it is the cornerstone that much of the structure of the Temple Mount and all of the things that are above it sit upon. I love that description when we think of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is our cornerstone. It says this in the text in verse 7. It says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And, and what the reason why this is so important to us is the only way that we can be a part of the family of God is by placing our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way that we can consider ourselves Christ followers is if we've recognized the work that he's done on our behalf. I, the other day, someone after church came up to me and they said, how do I do this? What does this mean for me to do? And I walked them through the same kind of prayer that, um, that someone walked me through. And I want to do that with you right now. Just remind you, I want to encourage you, for those of you who are Christ followers, that this is an appropriate prayer for us to pray. For those of us who've yet to place our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is an appropriate prayer for us to pray. Let's, let's think about this right now. Lord, we love you. And we take you at your word that you chose to die on behalf of our sins. 
Lord, I recognize in my heart that I didn't do anything to deserve the salvation that you've given me. In fact, just the opposite. I have sinned and separated myself from your glory. But today I want to remind myself of the fact that you came, you sent your son to die on the cross so that I could experience life. Your death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ gives me hope of the victory that you can give me over death. And Lord, I declare to you today that I am a sinner that is ready to be set free by your grace. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. That, that prayer is a gentle reminder, I've been taught this, to preach the gospel to myself every day, that I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, right? That I've been invited to be a part of the family of God. And when I do that, I find myself built upon the firm foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the future is bright for those who do that. But for some of us, we've been around the religious circles of church, maybe grown up in church settings, but for some of us, we're still individuals that are missing pieces and what God wants to do to bring himself glory and honor. Um, in, the, in Jerusalem, back in 2018, a 200 pound chunk of rock fell off the wailing wall and it got some people who were underneath its attention. Uh, it was quite a thing. Well, you know what they chose to do? They chose to get out a crane and they chose to put it back in again. And this morning, I wanna speak briefly to those of you who have distanced yourself from the body of Christ. You've been discouraged, frustrated, that you've been let down by people, some of which carry a title like mine, like pastor, and you say, I don't know, can I trust people in church? Or is this what God has for me? And I'll just remind you, he's saying to us that we have the privilege and responsibility to be together. This leads us to the second point this morning, and that is God has a purpose for all of us to fulfill together that we cannot fulfill individually. There's, there's things that cannot happen on our own. We need to be together with one another. That's a picture in the background of that piece that had fallen off the wall being repaired. I, I love this statement in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. It says this. It says, you yourselves like living stones. That's a description of you and I. That, that we're living building blocks, living puzzle pieces in the, in the thing that God wants to do to bring himself glory and honor. He says, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This means that your and my job is to worship. Your and my job is to connect with God and help other people to be connected with God. I, I love that this is, it says that you and I are essential. It's not just the pastor, it's not just those who serve, it's the entire body of Christ connected together uh, that God wants to use to bring himself glory and honor. Every believer has a priestly purpose and a responsibility in worship. I uh, had the privilege of preaching at a church in Romania one time uh, on a missions trip, and it was a wonderful time, but I was a little disappointed that I preached the Sunday because the next Sunday I got to hear the pastor preach there, and he did such an incredible job, and he preached on this particular passage of scripture. And, and one of the things that they did, it was so creative, and I just loved it, is as he's preaching through this passage of scripture, talking about you and I being essential, living stones built on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had some men in his church 
who are master stone workers. And so he's standing in front of the congregation. He's preaching this message. And behind him are these men that start bringing in these giant stones. And as they, they brought in this wooden frame that was, as some of you know how that this works, but they brought in a wooden frame. They'd pre-chiseled the stones and they were massive. And they started to build up this this um, arch, and they made it to the keystone at the top while this pastor's preaching the message. And then they removed the wooden blocks that are underneath it that supported the structure. And now it is rock solid. It was awesome. People clapped when it was done. And, and the pastor communicated the point that you take any one of these stones out of this thing, it's not going to work, right? You, you remove any bit and piece of this, and it's not going to function. God has custom fit you and I to be a part of something that's bigger than us. And this is what it means for us to be people who are a part of the family of God. We're not just observers of people who are a part of the family of God, but that you and I are, as the text describes it, spiritual living stones being used to bring himself glory and honor. So if you aren't using your gifts here, if you're not participating, if you're just observing you are missing out and we are missing out on the blessing of you using your gifts. It's been so encouraging to me. More recently, I've sat down with several of you and, and you've just basically said like, it's time. It's, it's time for me to use my gifts. It's time for me to get busy. It's time for me to serve in a meaningful way. It's time for me to participate in what God's doing here. And I say, that's what it means for us to be a part of the family of God. That's part of what spurred Jocelyn into um, sharing her testimony. She's like, hey, I, I want to do something. How can I use my gifts? And I, I want to remind you, others of you in this room, if you're a beggar who's found food, it's time for you to be a person who's willing to share that with other people. If you're a person who's received gifts, which every single person who has the Holy Spirit has received gifts in their life, it's time for you to use them to bring glory and honor to the Lord. I love this concept that God has custom fit you and I for our circumstances. There's nothing that's bigger than him. There's no sickness that's bigger than he can handle. There's no situation that's more frightening than his strength. And I want you to see this in verse nine. This is a wonderful verse. It says, but you are a chosen race. Don't get hung up on that word race. I want you to understand that as being a statement about you being a part of the family of God. You have been given the privilege of being a part of the family of God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Why? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That statement is awesome. It's just saying, tell your story. What did God do for you? How did he change your life? You and I get the privilege of being a part of the family of God. And it's good to be a part of the family of God. Isn't it good to have family? You guys agree with that? Uh, I, uh, when we were traveling, the last few weeks, I had the privilege of preaching at a church in one of the out islands of the Bahamas. I know some of you are like suffering for Jesus, right, Sean? But uh, we had a wonderful time. But on our way home, you guys have heard travel is complicated these days. And um, on our way home, when we were checking in in the Bahamas to fly back to the States, 
Um, the woman who was checking us in, she kept commenting on Brennan, um, our last name, and it turned out that she was a Brennan as well. And, um, and when we lived in the Bahamas, Brennan is a very common Bahamian last name, and uh, we got invited to family reunions. It was awesome, right? Um, but, uh, but, but this Brennan, who was taking care of us, she was so kind. The line was huge. Every seat was taken. She offered to check in all our bags for free. She was so generous to us. And I just remember just sitting back and saying, it's good to have family, isn't it? It's good to have people who claim you. And for some people, this is really important for us. For some people right now, when it comes to the church in general, whether it's Hope Church or just Church Universal, there's some people who feel underserved by the church. They feel disappointed by the family of God. They, they feel like maybe the church could do more for them. And I want to challenge you in the midst of that thinking, if that's where your mind has gone, that for some of us, uh, what we're doing is we're missing out on the privilege of participating in what God's doing. So we're, we're not a, a part of it. We're choosing to isolate ourselves. So when a person is discouraged by not having people understand the pain of their life, in some ways what we find out is they just haven't been around in order for people to know what's going on in their life. And so they're missing out. You know statistically over these last few years that um, people have withdrawn from being in worship together. One of those uh, research studies recently done by LifeWay Research said that more than one in four people, pre-COVID churchgoers, have still yet to come back to, to church. One in four. And, and we look around, and some of us, we look around and we see these are our, our people we love. These are people who are important to us. They're, they're precious to us. They're valuable. They've meant things to us that were a part of being a part of the family. Um, we also know that people are attending less often Statistically, um, from pre-COVID till now, people are attending at least one time a month less than they did before. And so if you attended one time a year, now it might be once every two years, right? But the, the point on the study and people have impacted, it's impacted the way they give. Giving down is down historically in churches around the country about 30% over the last two decades. And so you read this and you say, okay, so, so people desire to be a part of the family of God, but in some ways they're like the puzzle piece that's, that's missing from it. And I'll just challenge you, like this is a good time for us to recommit ourselves to being a committed part of the family of God. I think it's important for me to accept that I don't want to be the person that is the missing piece in what God wants to build here in Brunswick. I don't want to be the person who's the missing piece in the puzzle that God is building to exalt himself to the thousands of people who drive by us every week. I, I want to be a part of the family of God. I love the lyrics of the Gaither song. Uh, I want to read this to you. I won't sing it to you. I'll spare you that, right? But uh, I want you to hear this again. Um, they say this, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. This is what we celebrated through the Lord's table. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. What he's saying there, or what they're saying with these lyrics, is they're just saying that in the journey of life, we get to together walk together in anticipation of our future eternal home together. This is what it means for us to be glad that we're a part of the family of God. Another, um, another line in the song says this, you will notice we say brother and sister around here, it's because we're a family and these are so near. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears 
and rejoice in each victory in, his, in this family so dear. Uh, for some of us, we've been under rejoicing in the family that's so dear because we've allowed other priorities to define how we invest our time in community. Just gonna challenge you in a couple real tangible ways. If you find yourself separated from the body of Christ right now, the first one is I'm gonna encourage you to show up. I'm gonna encourage you to make this time a priority, whether it's here at Hope Church, get plugged in somewhere where you're known and you know other people because we need that for accountability and commitment and encouragement with one another. We need to be around other brothers and sisters. Like a fish out of water um, is a believer who's not in community. You need to understand that. So, so the first one is just show up. I'm also gonna challenge you to just stick around. Um, sorry, the air conditioning's broken. We're gonna fix that someday, I promise. Uh, we're working on the parts in my office right now. It's great. Um, some of you are like, why is it not on right now? Sorry. Uh, we're working on it, but uh, we're going to fix it, and uh, it's going to be comfortable here as best as we can, but part of the reason why we have a cafe in between the services, part of the reason why we do um, tours and, and opportunities for you to connect with one another, small groups and those things, we, we want you to know that there's a place for you here. There really is, and, and when I say stick around, I, I think some of you have met with me, and you've been honest, especially as we've gone through the, um, the series that we went through on relationships, that some of you, when I said relationships are hard, you're like, amen, yeah, it's hard. Uh, some of you, you've decided that it's too hard. And I wanna challenge you in that, that um, it's time for us to take the time to connect. I, I'm so grateful for the Hope Church family and what it means for me today. And I think part of that is because of the investment I made in the Hope Church family and you've made in me. And I'm grateful for that. And then, um, I think that it's, this last thing is just, I think it's time to, to say that you're ready. We have very gifted people. Um, the Lord has called many people with skills and capacities that are being underutilized. I met with one, one guy this last week. It was so great to sit down with him. And I'm just, as I'm talking with him, I just realized that we don't have this on our team right now. There are people who are um, hauling this, this, this proverbial brick by themselves, like me, that shouldn't be because he's not doing a great job with it. But there, there's a natural skill or experience or education that other people have. And this is a part of what it means for us to be a part of the family of God. I told you it was going to be convicting this morning. I hope it is convicting. And I hope you interpret this message in the spirit that's being given, that it's not intending to express guilt but instead, it's in, intending to say, this is what God made you for. This is how he designed you to be a piece in the larger puzzle of bringing himself glory and honor in the world that's around us. So I'll just end with this. What are you waiting for? Uh, let's pray. Pray together. We'll invite the worship team to come forward. Lord, we love you. And I do just humbly uh, say to you, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I thank you that the family of God has surrounded my family so generously over the years of my life, that it's literally been my entire life that the church, the body of Christ has been um, as meaningful at times to me as anybody who shares the same last name with me. And I thank you for that. I pray for those who feel underserved, who are discouraged by what the church isn't providing for them, that you would convict them today to challenge them to consider what it is that you've given them that they can contribute to what you're doing to bring yourself glory and honor. Would you not let them rationalize or justify 
not being a part of your family, but instead, Lord, I pray that we would all of us be people who show up, that we would be consistent, that we'd be willing to say, put me in coach, let's go, we've got work to do. And I, pre- I believe that when we do that, we will have the privilege uh, to do what Peter challenged us to do in the text, to be able to proclaim this incredible message of the one who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. What a privilege, what a joy. We thank you and praise you for that truth. And all God's people said, amen.